Welcome to Industry 4.0. Hey guys, welcome to Industry 4.0. This is episode Sweet 16. Um, we have a full house tonight. I'm joined by Irvin, Kyle, Jeff, and Ryan. And uh, we got a couple of depressing news to start off the first half, but um, going into the second half, we got some more exciting stuff to talk about. But um, let's start off the podcast with this new privacy policy update from Sonos. Um, the article from ZDNet goes on to mention that the users are forced to accept a new privacy policy or their devices may stop working entirely. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this with this whole privacy policy um, almost bricking a device that because of something that could maybe not have anything to do with how it works? What do you guys think of that? Anybody have any thoughts? Well, I so can the tell main you, reason. Oh, uh, go ahead, Jeff. I can tell you, I'm I I'm not a fan in general um, of enforcing a policy in such a way where the product itself won't function as a result of not accepting it. I think mm -hmm. that is bunk to put sure. it lightly. Um, and so the main reason that they're adding the updating the privacy policies because it's in preparation for uh, them adding their um, Alexa feature integrating alexa into sonos so you can control right sonos but from alexa with, with my standpoint on this i'm kind of it's it seems unusual to design a product in such a way where its core functionality is dependent on like you have to sign a policy policy or you have to sign the security policy for adding this alexa feature even if you're not going to use it. And otherwise, if you don't, it'll break your device. Like, it just seems a little backwards to design a speaker set. It's literally just a speaker around um, adding functionality through the privacy policy. And, like, just these companies that include things like this in their policy that is a core functional update to the, the, the device, they should have just made something new or made a made a plug-in for it. I, I don't know if I like this. It's I think it's setting a bad tone for devices like this and um, for these for the Internet of Things in a way. So, I, I mean... I agree it's setting a bad precedence. Um, I think yeah. it's going to be the start of a new trend, unfortunately, um, especially with proprietary software and hardware. Mm -hmm. It's it, As long as you have those two linked, they have the ability to do that. I mean, you're forced to use their, their product. You've already purchased it. Yeah. Um, my biggest concern reading this article... Actually, it was a little unrelated, but it, it, it plex. <laughs> they talk about how they, they are beginning to collect more data on users, and they, they also forced users to opt in to keep mm -hmm. continue using the service. And I know, like, you know, I know a lot of people personally use that, that service, so <laughs> it kind of sketches me out. So yeah, and it does oh, say yeah. that the, the functionality of the device will degrade over time. It's not like if you don't accept this today, you're not going to be able to use your Sonos tomorrow. Um, at least not yet but what what's weird about it is they're talking about what you can and can't opt out of when it comes to this um, policy so usage data like performance and activity information won't be sent but uh, information about email addresses ip addresses account login information device data wi-fi antenna information and um, hardware information for room names and errors um, 
is is part of this where you, you can't opt out and i'm just curious what that has to i mean i i get if you're ready to integrate with alexa or something like that that some of that stuff is going to become mandatory for that to work but yeah. for people who don't care or just in general why do you have to send that to the company right in order that would for be it to work? um like with it to to draw a similar comparison if you like if you bought a Samsung phone and they started to roll out the Bixby voice assistant and they had to update their TOS in order to um, incorporate this new software because it's collecting new data on you, then your phone stops working if you don't accept the TOS. Like it, I, I understand where people come from in defending um, the TOS and and stuff, but it, it's it just seems so weird and backwards to strip core functionality from a device in return for an Alexa update that doesn't really have much to do with the speakers, you know? Yeah. And in this uh, uh, update uh, or privacy policy actually applies to every single Sonos that's out there. Uh, so the, if you guys don't know the only the latest Sonos actually has a microphone built in and that's what they're enabling for you to use Alexa through the Sonos speaker. Uh, so even if you don't have the newest model with that, what's supposed to be launching with Alexa, you still have to accept this to keep speaker. It's just going to turn into a brick. Yeah. That being said, most people Ridiculous. are probably just going to accept it anyway. Right. Right. So, so people just tend to see these huge walls of text and just hit accept. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. As unfortunate as it is that you have to give more information up, for something that, like you said, may not apply to you, I think it's not going to ultimately be a problem for them. Mm -hmm. I think people who, they, when they get that message, hey, it's here's our new terms, and they see that they have to scroll down at all, they're just going to hit accept, check the box, hit accept, and move on. And it, it's a shame because, like, obviously, that's what we try to do here. We try and bring as much information to people as we can. Uh, and, and we're not the only ones. Obviously, there's a ton of people out there, but. Or the best one. So listen, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I, like, I mean, it's it's not. It's funny because on the surface, before you get into the article, my first reaction was, it's not that big of a deal, but like you guys said, it it starts a dangerous trend. Where does that? What's the next piece of information that they meet that they need, or my my device bricks? What's the next thing after that? Was and that's like you guys said it it it. it on the surface, it doesn't seem too bad, uh, especially for people who don't, who clearly don't care and will just hit accept and whatever comes on, on the screen. But it's, it's the start of the next thing that worries you. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Someone actually, um, it was another podcast I was listening to. They um, mentioned this uh, Chrome extension you can download. Um, speaking of terms of service and now nobody really reads them at all. Um, it's called. TOS DR terms of service didn't read. And it basically is um, the most commonly used terms of services um, scattered throughout the internet. They have people who will, if you, if it sees the terms of service, you can go to the site and read the too long didn't read version of their terms of service to like give you a synopsis of all the important points that are mentioned in the TOS. So, like if, like if people want to become more aware of what they're doing, then that's something that would help them tremendously. That's a brilliant idea. I love that idea. Yeah. I need to go to that website now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, tosdr.org. 
as long as they're nice. maintaining a I'm good level. I'm going to bookmark that right now. Hang on. As long I'll as also put good... that in the show notes too. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was brought to my attention earlier this week, and I thought that fit perfectly in with this topic. Um, there's all there's it's becoming like that old adage back uh, three or four years ago. Like there's an app for it. Now there's a Chrome extension for it. Everyone's <laughs> just kind of making extensions to do everything. You have the Camelizer we talked about for Amazon prices. You have LastPass Chrome extensions. Now you have the TOSDR. Um, there's a couple other ones that I use that are less known, but yeah. <laughs> um, what else is this article? Um, anybody have any closing points on this topic? Or well, I mean, um, yeah, it, you see. Plex, like Thompson was mentioning, um, did something similar. And then apparently there was an, an uprising on Reddit and the internet in general. And they changed their minds as a result of that. So mm -hmm. if you give a hoot, then act like it. Maybe it'll yeah. make some change. I think what they should do is they should offer a refund for people who, or at least some kind of discount on upgrading to the latest sonos to take advantage of this feature because like urban said if you have people who are signing or agreeing to the security policy update that don't even have the hardware to utilize it then where's the incentive for them to keep using your product if you're just going to change the core functionality of whatever they're buying on a whim like that like there should be some kind of communication from sonos to the customer kind of almost apologizing for it or at least accepting that they made a mistake or that they kind of overreached with this with this movement and like you said maybe like some sort of like upgrade thing maybe not a free upgrade but like hey you know we know that this is going to affect your current product if you send us your current product we'll give you a huge discount on the next one if you want exactly. to take advantage of something along those lines just to make people feel more comfortable with it mm -hmm. yeah because if not then that just kind of says to me how they really feel about their customers and they're just going to change their product on a whim like that, whether it breaks it for their customers or not. And it's like, I didn't, like if I bought Sonos speakers and I didn't want that Alexa feature and I didn't want to agree to give that data away, then why should I lose my $400 speakers just because I chose to not agree to something? I paid for it already, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a class action lawsuit against people who did lose their functionality on these devices just because it's kind of a shady practice. Erwin, you're muted. <laughs> I, re I really hope... Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, I really hope that Sonos backtracks on uh, this and gives an opt-out option. So, yes, I want to accept a certain part of the service that will allow me to use it, but I'm not going to send you all this data right. uh, along with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and... So we have a, a, a kind of a theme going on in the beginning of this show. Uh, so we're talking about uh, collecting data that you didn't uh, consent to. I was going to say, speaking uh, of which. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, a little theme going on uh, today's episode. Uh, so a, um, a famous hacker, uh, iOS hacker, um, by the name of Will uh, Straff, uh, discovered... Um, in the very, very popular AccuWeather iOS app, I know a ton of people uh, that use this and it's very popular in the App Store, um, found out in the app that it sends location information uh, to a third party uh, where uh, they use it to monetize that data. 
So anywhere that you are, they're going to send that data to this third party called uh, revealmobile.com. Um, and it includes precise GPS coordinates, including the current speed and altitude, and also the Wi-Fi router name that you're currently connected to, uh, which can be used to geolocate you uh, through various um, online services that are available uh, on the web. And it can tell also if your Bluetooth has been turned on or off. Um, and this is all without any notice to the user of this app. All they get is this the normal iOS pop-up that says AccuWeather wants to lo- use your location. You're just assuming it's using that location to get where you are so it can give you the weather of your location, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're going to click allow. But it's also sending it to this third party, um, which is crazy. It's insane. I mean, you want to use this app to get weather information and instead you're basically being spied on wherever you go and you're basically getting billboards customized for your daily routine. Yeah. And they're using this data to make money off of you. So that's one of the key, like uh, important factors to look into is this a free app, right? So you have to look at every time you download a free app, how are they actually making money? have ads in the app right so if you see ads then that's probably how they're making money if you don't see any ads then you might want to get a little suspicious because uh then you're like okay how are this how are these guys making money if there's no ads nothing in this it's a free app right there has to be some way and i think that's how AccuWeather went around is they partnered with this real mobile company uh where they were using this data to monetize it it's just weird seeing it come from an app like AccuWeather. You yeah, think yeah. you would think that's such a recognizable name. They wouldn't need to undermine your privacy in order to actually make a profit off of an app. Like, mm. just give me an ad. I don't care. <laughs> you know, at that point, I don't. If I'm going to find out that they're doing this through an article, and uh, I'm, I'm, it's going to make me more annoyed with them. And also. To kind of extrapolate on your idea, they said this Reveal Mobile is currently in hundreds of apps across the U.S. So it's not just AccuWeather. It's, it could be any number of widely popular free apps. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in Facebook at all. Uh, I don't, like, it's, it's just kind of bother. It bothers me that people are able to just sell your data without you either knowing or consenting to this. I'm curious how this... Hey, Go ahead, Jeff. I'm curious how this works in general. If you, if you, you know, to use the term again, opt out, so to speak, of your location data being used when you're not using the app, how does this bypass that setting where it's getting that data, even though you said not to? Well, Isn't from that- what it sounds like it's doing is when you turn off that permission in iOS, it simply just denies that app's access to the GPS information that your phone has available to it and location data, but what I thought I was seeing in the article was that it sends um, information through the internet, through its online connection, um, about your router and information to the Reveal mobile service, which then uses that location of the hardware and um, like your IP address and gets your location that way and kind of gives it an approximate estimation of your location. So as much as it bothers me that AccuWeather and uh, Reveal Mobile are doing this, it also bothers me that iOS doesn't have something in place for this where, I mean, that that is kind of intuitive 
right? That your, I mean, mm -hmm. IP address can be used for that purpose. Obviously there's websites where you can say, where's this IP? And if it's not on a proxy or something, VPN, you can find it pretty easily. Um, so I, I think that if you say, I don't want this app to know my location, then it would prevent things like apps looking up your IP address. Right. Instead but you need to grant allocation access to this app if you want to use it or you want to make it useful, right? As mm -hmm. possible. So most people will just click on, oh yeah, weather app, just allow the location. And yeah. then... It is tricky because while you're using, even if you say while I'm using it, it's still going to need that information while you're using it. Right. Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess like if it, if when it comes to a router, if, if you, or on a home internet while you're using this app, that's when it's going to pick up your IP address. But if you're out and about, I don't know. I would think at that point it would, because the uh, the article says the location coming out of those apps um, is it sending your router name and BSSID, which provides it to, it's less precise location information. It's just where your router is in the world, but it's still enough to kind of get what city you're in or what general area you're in for the weather. Um, or for whatever you permitted access to to view, but I would assume that at that point it would just send the location of your nearest cell tower, or however you're getting service. Um, that's I, I can't confirm that any one way or another because the article specifically mentions just routers, but I would assume that they would attempt to obtain the tower, the location of the tower that you're connecting to if you're not on Wi-Fi. Yeah, I think it's a way to bypass VPNs for people who are at work. I think that was probably their, their, this their biggest sell on it. And, you know, a lot of people are in the office, they're checking the weather before they go home, something like that, and they're on a VPN, and it's not so it's not the local data. Like, we could be logged in anywhere in the world for whatever corporation you're working for, wherever they're based, really, is what it comes down to. And if if they have your GPS coordinates, they can still gauge the weather that way. Mm -hmm. But it also, it's it's a, it's scary, because they'll, they'll know if you're trying to protect yourself with a VPN, they still know where you are. No matter where you're, where in the world your IP address is coming from. Mm -hmm. Interesting yeah. thing is here that the, it was still collecting information even if the app wasn't uh, running. Uh, so I know with the new iOS 11 update, you can be more granular uh, with uh, how apps will use current version, uh, allow it, and they can use it. I'm access that. So this guy left it. For 36 hours, and during that time, uh, the app was never opened. It was just running in the background, and it uh, got in contact with the Reveal mobile servers. Kind of crazy. Even without you ever opening the app, chilling in the background, it would just go out and send location. You're coming in a little quiet there, in and out. For me, yeah. I don't know if it's just me or not. Uh, I, no, I got the same thing. Okay, yeah, you're kind of fading in and out with your audio, <clears throat> but, but it sounds. Like I got what, enough of that. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying was in the 36-hour period, Irvin, that um, even if the app wasn't open on a test iPhone, that Reveal Mobile was sent information 16 times uh, according to yeah. this person running a test. Yeah, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that only makes you it makes you wonder, like if you took like a or any anybody's phone with their standard apps they have downloaded on just like hooked it up to like a packet sniffer or something just to see what is trying to get to the internet like just seeing all the stuff it's like if this is 
this is probably like one of those situations where you guys remember the Volkswagen thing where they were caught um, lying about their diesel emissions. Yes. Yeah. Um, like what, this is just probably the first one to get caught. You know, like they said that in the months following, they had found out that like Mitsubishi and several other um, automakers were caught with similar um, lies, but not to the degree of Volkswagen. But like, I wonder if it's if this is just the first one to get caught. You know, probably. Like, Honestly, that's exactly how I feel, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this is like, I, I don't know, it's kind of, it's twofold to me. I mean, one, it's like, we needed a hacker to figure this out for one of the most popular apps. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guaranteed, this is, this is the first of many. And to me, that this is, and, and, and I'm going to go like next level conspiracy, like we like to do on this podcast, but <laughs> It's it's like this is an example of Big Brother's always watching. It's not necessarily by the government in this case. It's just people trying to make money off of our data. But like it's all the things that we hear negative about the Internet and we're like kind of aware that's probably happening. And then it comes to the uh, forefront and scares the crap out of you. Like Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, wow. okay, all those movies and all these jokes and all these things that we've seen. It's real. It's always happening. And. How long has it been happening? Right. What else are they tracking? What else is happening? It's it's one of those things that just you're angry because you're like this is this is probably just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And it's more concerning that not only that, but most people don't really care. Like I mean, it's right. it's it's in order to say that too. Like I'm making an assumption that people take would take the time to do all of this to take all these steps to communicate, but like. Nobody in any honest sense really has time to reach out to every possible company and like understand exactly what they're collecting. Another plug for the TOS DR, but mm-hmm. um, the it, it's it's asking way too much. Like there's with security and privacy, there's like a certain degree of overhead where it's just the work involved to get yourself to a point where you're comfortable with what data you're letting out to the world just isn't convenient anymore. Like we've set yeah. ourselves up that way. People aren't even worried about getting comfortable because they're they're just like, oh well, I'm used to using this on my phone. I like having it, so I don't. It's not even a conscious thought. That's the the crazy part. It's like when you see that terms of service or you see that agreement or when you go to download an app and it and it has a description of everything that's gonna do and obviously what it does, but everything that you're agreeing to when you download this app. People are just like, I heard that this is useful. I'm hitting it, and I. It's not like they're constantly going, ah, they're probably collecting data, but I'm not going to take the time to read it because I heard it's good. It's literally just, I want this app. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole thing. There's no conscious effort of like, oh, well, what am I comfortable with getting rid of? Or what am I comfortable with sending out there? It's it's really just, I want this. Right. And that's it. And also to, on a side note with this, going back to what we said at the very beginning, like I don't know many people who download a weather app and don't give it permission to use GPS data. I'm typing in that zip code every time, boys. <laughs> I would I would think that pe- most people would be doing that. And if they're using the lack of GPS data to sell your information, you can only imagine what they're doing if you give it access to the GPS. Because huh. at that point, it's got like much more precise information on where you are. Like you said, you can share your location. Did you mean social security number? Uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah, this isn't the proper 10-digit number that we're used to exactly. you got to send us this one or nine digit <laughs> oh, man. 
I kind of do want to go back to what Kyle was saying, though. I mean, we say you talk about it like it's it's a conspiracy theory, but literally this is evidence. Like there's evidence all over the place. There's a lack of education and it makes it easier to dismiss because there's just not as much knowledge on it out there. It's not willingly handed out in the media. Like they don't advertise like, oh, you're, you're constantly selling over your privacy. It's just like, oh, well, you know what? I, I like this. It's consumerism at its best. It makes you lazy. You want to get the you like the app? Yeah, whatever. I'll sign whatever over. I'll keep mm-hmm. this is something you know. I was thinking about when we started having this conversation and it's just like absent thought I guess but as much we all want to hang on to our privacy right like obviously or at least people who actually know what it's being used for what it's like to have it taken um, you you want to keep your privacy but is is it something that you guys think that we need to worry about that much like do you think that this is going to escalate to the point where our lives are completely invaded based on uh, whether app sharing your location, like selling it for advertising purposes? I think that while it may not be a weather app, it may be whatever happens 10 years down the line, whatever right. service is a result of people continually accepting terms of service and security policy updates and um, permissions for apps to reach deeper into your phone's sensors. I think that's the big takeaway here is people are they're getting berated with this request for information so many times they're almost numb to it. Mm-hmm. So it almost takes the, it detracts what it's actually, like what is you're actually doing to yourself because you don't directly see it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of takes that away from the forefront. So like if you, if you had to put it in a converse way, if you had to draft up a letter of everything you did in in your apps and then send it off to the companies you downloaded the apps from at the end of the month to like give them all the information on what you sent like people would be like no like um the amount of stuff that i'm like writing down to send over is insane like i'm sending them so much stuff but the fact that it's so easy to just have everything collected automatically i think makes this much less likely to have a lot of attention brought to it I completely agree. I was going to say that uh, something similar to that extent as well. And I also think that it's, um, it, it's I'm trying to think of the phrasing. Um, it like, there's just so little enforcement on the internet as it is that mm-hmm. like, obviously we want to have free reign and freedom to do what we want on the internet, but then everybody else who allows us access to these things also has free reign to do whatever they want with said information. Mm-hmm. There's no way to really enforce that side, unfortunately. Uh, right. like, like, like we see, I mean, so many lawsuits either take so long or, or have to get restarted or new evidence brought in or this and that because the internet is so new when it comes to a law enforcement stage. It's, it's obviously mm-hmm. it's been around for quite some time now, but we, we're still now only recently getting into making official laws for things that happen on the internet. And, it's people are just going to take advantage as long as they can. So until something's done there, I don't see, I don't think we see a difference. And like you said, does it, or like Jeff said, does it really make a huge difference? Does it really impact us a ton now? Depends on where it goes with, with laws and, you know, obviously with the, the potential for, um, for all these regulations coming out. Uh, So it's, 
Yeah. Right now, I'm not too scared, but it puts that thought in the back of your head. Like, what? what's next? Again, kind of like the last topic, what's next? Well, it's and, like that nursery uh, rhyme. You give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> and Apple was pretty big when they launched their app store. They're like, oh, we're safe. We go through this review process. We review every app. And I was looking through uh, this guy's Twitter feed, and he verified that uh, Apple specifically uh, denies this type of behavior in apps. And this went through the app store. So you, so there's some kind of flaw within their te- whatever testing that they do that they don't check for what type of third-party sites that the, the app is sending data to. Um, it's very interesting. I wonder if the app will get pulled for review again. Be interesting. With this see. coming yeah, into the light. I'm sure because we'll it definitely vi- violates speaking of t- t- terms of services earlier. Yeah. It, it violates Apple's developer terms of service that um everybody signed before they updated or uploaded an app to the app store mm-hmm. the is app it store. is it technically breaking the terms of service because it, while it's not getting your location from your phone it's utilizing your router to that's, get that's, that's a good your question the, so, yeah so i have it up yeah, so I have it up. the The developer uh, terms of service says specifically, you may not track an end user's Wi-Fi network usage to determine their location if they have if they have disabled location services for your application. There you go. Oh, um, so yeah, it specifically states that. So that's um, okay. So I guess so. I, even I, if yeah. they disabled the location services, that means that you cannot track using that location through the router. That's not so accurate as a GPS, but still tracking that SSID information of the router, which is the name of the router, uh, that's forbidden by Apple specifically. So good stuff, Apple. Sorry for misspeaking earlier, blaming you. <laughs> no, but it, it's 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 still a, a little bit, I think, on their fault. It's, you're not wrong in blaming them because it went through their quote unquote secure Apple approval process yeah. that they tout all the time as being so great and in, in preventing malware from coming onto their app store. Well, that's what they're probably. Um, and you can for, call right? this a type of malware, right? In a way. In a way. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, this, this goes yeah. back to what Matt said earlier about it, all this stuff going to revealmobile.com. There's probably multiple apps using that, not just this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a money source. So. Right. And it's so, a whole service. I'm sure that the Apple Store is aware. So here's, <laughs> they're, they're aware of this. here's the real thing for me. I mean, obviously, location services is something very crucial i mean it's where you are it's where your device is and you know as a result probably where you are when this gets to the fact like if this gets to a point where it's your microphone or your webcam being accessed when it's not supposed to be or your photos or now that there's files on ios if it's something like that um that is going to be an insane breach of privacy if it does not already exist right now um because you could be seen when you don't want to be, you could be heard when you don't want to be. If you have files on your phone that are meant to be private, that is not necessarily the case. And now things like the iCloud breach where um, you have people's you know, contacts, information, photo, et cetera, being leaked to the public. Um, this, this could be happening behind the scenes with apps instead of during um, a breach where it's like a hack. This is just something that happens all the time, if, if that's so, the case. It, it just so happens that today on, on Facebook, in my memories, um, I used to be very against the Facebook Messenger app. 
because I heard a lot of bad things about it when it first came out. Regarding location. Uh, I for, for, for a little while after it came out, uh, it had like a one out of five on the App Store. People hated it. And one of the main reasons was a few of the things that they actually told you that they were doing. Uh, but again, most people don't read the terms of services. <laughs> they had access to your call list, your contacts, your text messages, and had access to your recording devices and camera at any time without notice. So you, you, you ask if, if it gets to that point and everybody downloaded the Facebook Messenger app without knowing that it was already doing it. Now, I don't know if it still does it. Maybe there was enough backlash in the beginning where they changed that idea. But I mean, I, I shared a Facebook, like a story that they did on the news about like why you shouldn't download this app because of how much of a breach of privacy it is. Yeah. Well, it also depends on what they do with that information. But I, I totally agree. I remember having reservations as well. And I'm, you know, I, I caved, of course. Me too. But, didn't we all? Because um, at some point you couldn't use just a Facebook app to message anymore. But yep. Um, yeah, th so, that's a good point, Kyle. Um, I'm on Reveal Mobile's website, the the service that is in the background of the AccuWeather that is collecting the data that is being shared through the Wi-Fi SSID, um, and they officially have a statement out about this. Uh, about this um, app store policies and says the confusion arose when a security analyst noticed that Reveal Mobile compi complied with app store policies by ceasing the sending of GPS LAN data when opted out of the location permission, but still sent IP address and Wi-Fi SSID. These last two data points are not controlled by the location permission opt-out on mobile devices. While technically it is possible to use IP and Wi-Fi to approximate a location, Reveal Mobile did not share, store, or utilize this data in any way. This is their official statement, so take it for what it's worth. Yeah, Irvin actually got it up. Um, yeah, this is from the this is from the proposed company who did this, um, and they said that it is possible to opt out of this um, if someone chooses the operating system level "Do Not Track" or "Limit Ad Tracking" functionality. Then it totally kills their ability to reach into your into your phone for location data. So. I mean, I can, I can put that in the show notes. Um, this official statement. Yeah. I'm sorry. Reveal Mobile can't make an update to the app where they just pull it out on their own if they really agree with that statement. Yeah, and they said they immediately updated the company software to make it completely obvious that no data would be sent or collected from devices that opt out of data sharing. Right. So, that, and it's not that that's not Reveal Mobile who made the app. It's AccuWeather, and they just use an yeah. SDK that probably Reveal Mobile provided uh, for yeah. them. This is a service oh, where you, it's very similar to like those payment solution apps where you just put a few lines of code in your app and next thing you know, you have this ability to monetize without ads. So like I said, oh, I haven't had a chance to read through this whole thing because I literally just found this statement, but I'll put it in the show notes and people can read up on it and make and gather from it what they will. Yeah. But Good they've point. officially replied to it. So There's at least something. you have that. Um. Guys, there's there's other news going on in the mobile world as well regarding oh, our our God our uh, <laughs> our recurring company Verizon throttling video on uh, unlimited plans to as low as 480p. Um, do you guys read about this? This is on iPhones. Yeah, this was infuriating. This was this is this pissed me off. Yeah. The so for those of people who haven't heard of this news. Um, 
they 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 have they with last time we noticed we noted that they were throttling Netflix and YouTube usage for their unlimited plan. Um, but now they're throttling all video on their unlimited plans with bandwidth limited to as little as 480p when watching it on a smartphone. Um, the Verge was reporting that they're splitting out their unlimited plan into three versions. So you're going to have Go Unlimited, which is video capped to 480p on smartphones and 720p on tablets. You have Beyond Unlimited. Which and then you I get, don't know how you go beyond the limited. It's I, like it's it's ten dollars more a month for higher resolution. Yeah, it's it's ten dollars. That's how you go beyond. <laughs> yeah, and then you have seven twenty p on smartphones and ten eighty on tablets, and then you have business unlimited, which is the same as the go unlimited, but for business. It's oh god. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of backfired from them. I think trying to launch an unlimited plan, trying to counter what T-Mobile has been doing. They're com- they're stealing away customers from uh, Verizon, AT and T, and and now pretty much all the other carriers offer an unlimited plan. Uh, quote unquote, it's still not fully unlimited. Surprise, surprise, uh, but now expensive. they, I think they got their network got a hit after that happened because everybody started streaming. So now they're trying to cut back on the amount of traffic that everyone uses while they're watching videos online. And I mean, it's not, not great at all that they're doing this. I'll forgive them. Yeah. But that being said, um, when the iPhone first released AT&T almost completely went down because of all of the people using mobile data, um, with their iPhones. So, yeah. I mean, it's happened before and they've only had a limited data for a brief period of time. But that being said, it's Verizon. They shouldn't need to do this for like they're I want like the optimist in me wants to say it's not for money <laughs> and it's not to <laughs> and it's not to not to like crap on the customer or something like that. And they, they claim that nobody can tell the difference between a 720p video and a 1080p. Yeah, that's what made me that's what made me cringe really hard reading this. It's like what? Yeah, that's like uh, that's like the big the big thing where they say 30 FPS is enough for the human eye, or something like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, DVD like, no. DVD quality is the same thing as Blu-ray, right, guys? Everybody, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah, Close. I mean. Anybody, I challenge anybody to go and watch their favorite high def YouTube video in 720p and watch everything in 720p, and then, and then tell me how long it took you to change it back to 1080p. Yeah, that's that's what I do when I have really bad service. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's that's what I did. Yeah. I'm a Verizon I was customer, reading, so I was reading further into this article, and it's saying that even people who have been grandfathered in, into their old. Uh, ancient unlimited plan that they used to offer um it they're still going to be throttling those um even if you're uh part of that old grandfather in plan that's not available anymore yep uh they're going to move you to the beyond unlimited plan um as well Uh, i wonder if um i wonder if a vpn will work for this one too (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a good question my uh my least favorite part is their response. And, and you see this all the time from, from humongous corporations like this where their response is just so like cocky and I'm, I'm better than you. And at least that's how I take it. Uh, it's not a direct quote. So we would have to find a direct quote to be official, but the article sums it up as the, uh, the company does say that anyone unhappy with performance on the go plan can just upgrade to beyond. 
Yeah. Really? Yeah, like just, that's what, just give us that's what more dollars, Xbox did when they put out the Xbox One. They were like, oh, what about backwards compatibility? That's what we loved about the 360. And they said, anybody who wants to play 360 games, you can buy a 360. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 literally just a we don't care, give us more money. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally about to just go on a rant right now, but it, it's <laughs> it, it completely baffles me that. 7 720p is so stupid. You have phones where the lowest resolution on most phones out now is 1080p. If you're having a phone that you use almost exclusively in 1080p and you switch to a 720p video, you're going to notice a noticeable drop in quality. Yeah. Not to mention we have the advent of 4K. We have YouTube developers who are going into 8K. And then they're going to come out and step back and like, oh, yeah, video quality from 2008 is good enough for me. It's no big deal here. It's like good enough to fit on a CRT monitor. It's good enough for you. Preach. Like, it's like come on. Like, really? This <laughs> is me off. It's ridiculous. All, all I can think of every time I hear Verizon in the news, I'm thinking of Action Jack Barker and the Holy Crew. <laughs> like, is this really what they're doing right now? Yeah. Get a box. Irvin, can we get, a, can we get some kind of imagery of MomCorp from Futurama really quick? This Photoshop, <laughs> Slop Shop of Verizon logo on it. <laughs> yeah something like that I mean, just, you know like, things to come just it's people need like this is this is this is what we get this is why we can't have nice things because you have companies like verizon stepping in and throttle and video quality now oh my god it pisses me off <laughs> this is unbelievable but um, guys it's amazing we have these awesome hd screens verizon isn't that so cool verizon to iphone yeah it was cool <laughs> I feel bad for anybody who has the Xperia XZ Premium and has a Verizon phone phone uh, contract because that is the first phone released with a 4K display, like true 4K. And now they're going to load up a video and then it's going to be max at 720p. Like, they, you know, they bought that phone for the sole purpose of watching things in 4K. Yeah. <laughs> Why else are you buying? It's the first one. Why else are you getting it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then, Irvin, your phone is your phone's two K, right? Is it? Is uh, it's fourteen forty p, a little yeah. bit higher than that, but yeah, it's yeah. actually it's uh, the resolutions uh, uh, defaults down to ten eighty p because the battery life sucks in fourteen forty p, so you can actually <laughs> use it yeah, at yeah. that resolution. But I think everybody here has a phone. Like uh, I'm pretty sure that J Buds and Kyle have Retina display on their iPhones. Is that true? Do you guys yeah. have that on? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So every phone we have has a higher resolution than not only 720p, but 1080p. I think the last phone made with a 720p resolution was the one was that OnePlus phone, the smaller one. Do you remember that phone, Urban? Uh, the like it was it, it looked just no. like the it looked just like the iPhone SE. It was a very small OnePlus mm-hmm. phone. Um, but yeah, that being said, it's. It's all to the wayside now because that's the the highest video quality you can view on a Verizon phone plan. No. Who out of, who out of us has Verizon? If you I if do. you want to let that be known. Yeah, I do. I do. I do not. I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. So next week I will be I'll be complaining about this a lot. I'm sure. So we, but... we get a D minus as a group. I'm actually <laughs> in the process of changing providers. Um, there's a SIM card on the way for Project Fi, so I'll be. Moving over to Google's plan, which is like a T-Mobile Sprint. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Hybrid. Yeah, it sounds really appealing from what you told me. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so if I can not use data and just use my Wi-Fi, then I can keep it down to like 20 bucks a month. Well, that's something nice. I wanted to comment on, Matt. Um, 
you see this happening in you know the the wireless realm how long is it before you start seeing things like this in your home network well that that's happening right now kind of um comcast kind of, but... in lesser known areas is field testing data caps but yeah but data your... caps is one thing i i could somewhat understand a data cap but if you're what if they you know limit video quality i think i think if they do it on a desktop you'll see enough of an outcry from content creators and uh developers and right. just artists and creative types just yeah. like what, who, what, what, yeah what is netflix gonna say what is all these people who are shooting 4k well, hey, 8k man, videos no. on youtube they're investing all this money into developing these high resolution uh this high resolution content and nobody can watch it at home yeah but two um, things yeah, there's gonna be i cry from the from the content creators as yeah. well as from the consumers two, i think if that happened two things even though. the phone manufacturers Guys, with with okay, it should already be happening with, when it comes to mobile, when that's occurring. Granted, it's not as large scale as your home, but also um, you're talking about Netflix. This whole debate of net neutrality is coming into play. They're going to be the ones that can do it, and all the little guys on YouTube who have the quality but don't have the money can't. That's something very real that could happen. I'm, I think that's yeah. probably coming down the pipeline. We got to be ready for it. Yeah. And I'm currently watching a YouTube video in 480p, and it it is awful. I can't <laughs> I can't make out any of the lines. You bite your tongue. Deciding to torture yourself, because I want to know what the future is going to be like, Urban. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> I'm going to go home and plug in my Wii just to start getting used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Start breaking out the old um, ketchup mustard cables for your uh, <laughs> for your Nintendo GameCube or your Wii. Oh man! Oh, the GameCube. I missed that guy. Yeah, GameCube. They got awesome. one plugged in downstairs. It's a lot of Do fun. You really? Yeah, not as fun as the guys having at the streetlight outside with his car. But yeah, I can know. hear that. But the the GameCube was great. I remember uh, playing Animal Crossing on there. I remember playing oh, uh, Time Splitters too. That was fantastic. Uh, Super Smash Melee. Melee, melee. However, people say I say melee. Terrible, yeah. uh, terrible battery life. But they made a battery and a screen that you could attach to the console to actually make it portable with the handle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, my buddy had it. They were in 2017 before anyone else was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, they were like the worst video quality overall. But they had the, those tiny proprietary. Or I don't even know what kind of discs they were, but those real tiny discs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna GameStop too. Oh. Well, I, I don't know if I said that on air before, but those um, <laughs> you didn't say the name till now. But those discs were like I don't know, unbreakable. People would trade their discs in, <laughs> and it would it would look like they took a knife to it, and then you pop it in the system, it boops right up. That little startup right away. Oh, yeah. That's good to go. <laughs> then if you held the Z button down, it turned into like a squeak sound. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, it's a little Easter egg. Next time you're over, if I have a GameCube, well, I'll show it to you. All right, I'm on my way. All right. See you <laughs> soon. <laughs> but um, yeah. to segue from this into the next topic, if anybody has any closing points on Verizon, because I'm just I'm trying to get as far away from this topic as possible. I was just going to say, before I, I was just going to say, I think I need to come time. out of his ears. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, also, um, moving on to the next topic. Um, did you guys hear about uh, Cloudflare refusing to turn down 
to shut down sites of hate groups. So um, they didn't specifically say they're proud of the people who are on their service, but they say they're proud that they don't censor any communication at all. Um, I kind of agree with Cloudflare's approach to this, but that being said, um, I think that Cloudflare is in a different position to censor people than other companies, but I'm curious to see what your guys' thoughts on um, companies getting to decide who gets censored in the internet when free speech is such a huge thing for people in various countries, especially the U.S. I just want to give a little quick background on what Cloudflare is, if anybody doesn't know. So right. uh, Cloudflare provides a service to websites where uh, they can protect them from if they get really popular really quick. So like the, a link goes viral, they post a blog, something goes viral, everybody's trying to go to the website. Uh, they guarantee that that, that web page won't go down or if they get at DDoS attacks, uh, things like that. So they're sort of providing a service where they're protecting the internet from being taken down or, or having it more reliable so that anyone can access a page at any time. So their background, like Matt mentioned earlier, was to provide a service to everyone, right? It, irrelevant of what content was on it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think in my... I, my view is that at a certain point you have to have a say and say and and stand up to a certain view that almost universally isn't accepted right you have to right. stop spreading that type of information um, and give it an avenue where people can access that but well then to play devil's advocate and I don't as a as a disclaimer i don't agree with any hate groups i am not i don't i do not identify as a nazi or anything in that way but um i do think that cloudflare has the right to do this and i do think that it's not as bad of an idea when you think of the service they provide they simply defend websites from ddos attacks and um they don't they don't host the content they don't have a, a they don't have a stake in the creation of the content. They don't monetize from the content, whereas Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, Google Plus, all these other companies who are stepping forward and they and who are censoring these services, they have a right to do that because that is smearing their image in a way. The fact that Facebook and Reddit and all these sites are hosts to like hate groups and. Um, and all these organizations whose sole purpose is to promote violence and ill will towards other people. I think that Cloudflare is not, I don't think they should be lumped into the same boat, if that Here, makes sense. Here's a question. Uh, does Cloudflare uh, Flare protect ISIS, ISIL sites? I think they said it. they would if they, they paid they for would. the service. I think, if yeah. If they were using them, right, if they signed up to use them or paid for yeah. it, yeah. So, I mean, they said that they it's one of those things where they're not like they don't support the organization, but they have every right to provide a complete and full service, non-discriminate, non-discriminately to a paying customer. So, but doesn't Facebook also have that same right? I mean, they're not supporting that group; they're just allowing them to have a page like well, any other page. The difference with Facebook and Cloudflare, in my opinion, is that Facebook is also simultaneously hosting ads on the same page as ISIS's hate group on Facebook or as like the neo-Nazis. So 
in a way like you see the facebook logo and then you see like the nazi symbol below it and uh, like yeah, a yeah, bunch of people like that then people associate facebook as a host right. for this type of hive mind behavior but cloudflare is behind Wait. the scenes and yeah and they never facebook owns cloud. that page they own that page it's facebook yeah they own it that's, that's them so yeah, that's, that's one part i didn't think about mm-hmm. yeah I, you know, when you're browsing a website with who uses cloudflare you'll never know there's no indication of it unless you look go start digging into the website and 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 start looking there but as a as a normal person you'll never know that a, mm-hmm. a site is using cloudflare that being said i think they also on the converse if they chose to have every right to start blocking these services um but i'm i'm just curious because everybody's jumping out with it's getting it's becoming very heated in the political sphere and now it's becoming almost a tech issue so I feel like we kind of had to talk about something like this, like just the right of companies to kind of allow or disallow um, hate speech and rhetoric on things like that. So I, I just have a quick question. So how how big do you feel this was in tech news this week, this specific topic when it comes to Cloudflare? Mm-hmm. How do you regulate it? No, 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 no. How how popular of a topic? How widespread was this in like the tech realm and tech news? Uh, um, it got a lot of it got a lot of attention purely because um, of sensationalized articles and stuff of people saying that this service is openly proud of supporting service to all people, and in that group of all people, you have groups like the neo Nazis, ISIS, the KKK, stuff like that. And in a way, they're technically defending them on the internet. They're preventing um, internet warriors, as they are keyboard warriors, from DDoSing these websites because DDoSing is now basically the new way to protest websites. Mm-hmm. So it's gaining popularity because people can't take down these sites because they're being defended by a paid service. So. so that- so uh, uh, just to, I completely agree with you that that I feel like they they more than have the right to to conduct business how they're going to when the main purpose of their job is just to protect integrity of website or web pages overall. Um, so just just to to bring up an unfortunate side effect of this story existing is that you know you, you said that they're not associated with these negative things they just happen to provide a service that, service that these negative things may be using well now that this story is out there and people are upset about it if enough of a groundswell happens whether you want to be or not you are now associated with with these things in a negative way even if that's not your original intent so you may see depending on what kind of groundswell happens here and this seems like something that may not mm-hmm. pick up too much nationally but you may see a, a time where they for PR reasons, have to go back on it, and and it's an unfortunate side effect of just the second it becomes news. If it goes to the right person, or the right person sees it or spreads it, then all of a sudden they're going to have to go back on what they said anyway. I'm not saying that that's a guarantee, but that could be an unfortunate side effect as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to provide a little bit of a, a correction in a way. So it, it is true that initially Cloudflare was very. Uh, was staying with their initial stance of of not blocking anyone. Um, they finally decided 
um, in the end to block the the uh, the famous Daily Stormer account uh, that was using Cloudflare as a uh, protection uh, from DDoS attacks. So um, even though it goes against their typical pro- policy, um, the Cloudflare's chief executive officer, Matthew Prince, said that he had enough um, of this type of um, hate, hate speech on the internet um, but he told, he said that um, he felt conflicted. Um, he said, um, literally, I woke up in a bad mood, decided someone shouldn't be allowed in, on the internet. No one should have that power. They have a mm-hmm. great power to decide. It's sort of controlling free speech. It's speech that most people don't agree with, right? But he has the power to turn off a website where... If they he doesn't agree with whatever that website is saying, he has that power to turn that off. So that's mm-hmm. why he felt conflicted. But in the end, I think they made the right move in um, denying access to Daily Stormers yeah. um, account for using Cloudflare. Because when it boils down to it, these are hate sites. Yeah. So these are sites that are openly racist and produce like vile content and promote just this negative atmosphere about them so it's and the daily stormer has since had a very very hard time finding a home on the internet yeah <laughs> since then I think, I think they found a russian uh host uh, provider mm-hmm. um in the meantime yeah. uh they were uh switched they switched to go go uh GoDaddy and then to google both removed them uh within uh 24 hours um, yeah. So within the 24 hour p- p- period, they switched uh, host uh, services twice. It says, I'm on their Wikipedia article, and it says that uh, on August 15th, it was announced by Weave that the site had moved to the dark web and was now only accessible via a Tor browser. So they've moved, they've went dark. They tried GoDaddy, like you said, GoDaddy, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Tusco's. Uh, and then Cloudflare took them down. Uh, and it, it, looking through that the, through the article about them them terminating their uh, their relationship with Daily Stormer, um, one of the things they said they actually said that the tipping point was the fact that the team behind Daily Stormer made the claim that uh, Cloudflare was secretly supporters of their ideology. So they made it known, basically a lie. They said. Hey, these guys are supporters of ours. You know, that's the only reason we're here. They're supporters of ours, obviously. They don't make it public what they are. And that's when they were like, well, really the only reason we kept you there is because we wanted to remain content neutral as a network. Like, that's our goal. That's what we set out to do. That's the only reason you're still here. If you think that we support you, we don't, and we don't want to be associated with you anymore. So they made the decision when it affected their image, which is exactly what they should have done. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt right. through association. Right. And like Urban said, they're an entity that has every right to choose who they do business with. And it's perfectly drawn out to draw back to the rest of this half in their terms of service. (laughs) And they chose to take advantage of that and take them down. So good for them. I don't know if you guys saw, but there's um, actually, I think it's, yeah, Cloudfair's website. They have a write-up which I actually, I sent to the chat a little bit ago, but it says, I saw that. Yeah. So they, I I like that they spelled this out. It's um, an article 
titled Why We Terminated Daily Stormer. And um, they, they go through basically the entire thought process of why they came to this conclusion, which I like a lot um, mm -hmm. because it's not only justifying what they did, but also sharing a lot of key nuggets of knowledge um, to the public. You know, why, what they disagree with with the Daily Stormer besides the obvious, why they waited so long to do what they did. Um, they, you know, they, they note that they handle about 10% of all internet requests in general um, and how companies like them can determine what is allowed and not allowed uh, to be done online, what sites can and can't, you know, be maintained. Um, I, I just think it's a really good thing. I'd like to see more sites do this. I'd love to see, um, you know, Verizon throw up an article like this saying, hey, here's why we're throttling your speeds. You know, like I, I like the transparency. Um, and I think that it not only establishes a good relationship with the public in general, um, but also it, it sets a good precedent for other companies to do the same. Right. And of course, there's a relevant XKCD for this. <laughs> All of it will, I'll, I'll end up putting a lot of this in the show notes or anywhere else, but um it's it's not so much like the, the xkcd the summary of it basically is like people who shut you down aren't necessarily censoring your freedom of speech they're just saying that they don't agree with you and they're showing you the door so you can go talk about it somewhere else so i mean i mean it should it's, be it should be noted too that cloudfare is not going and running a script and shutting down this website it's just taking away its protection of that site mm -hmm. yeah they're not just raises them as a client. That's all. Yeah, they're not saying like, "Hey, we're taking you down." It's just we're not going to have your back anymore. It's the yeah. difference. So, I mean, that's it is what it is at this point. You can't. It, it, we're we're just in a very politically charged environment, and this is yeah. bringing to light a lot of hate speech and a lot of a lot of protesting. So, a lot of this is being brought to the limelight now, but. Um, and technology is playing a whole huge role in it, right? Yeah. So that's why we're talking about it. Even though we talk about politics and and ethics and and things like that, we're, it's, technology is a huge part of what's happening. So that's mm -hmm. why we thought it'd be uh, good to bring it up. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. During this episode, everything falls back to tech now. Yeah. In 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is important yeah. to, to, you know, bring up why we're talking about these issues too, beyond just Absolutely. the details. So, yeah, just so way people think we don't just kind of use this as, a, as an excuse to talk politics or to express opinions. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's very relevant. It's very important. It affects a lot more people than I think um, a lot of people realize. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But so, does, does with any, that being said, anybody have any closing thoughts on the first half? I think that's uh, we had a pretty heavy, heavy, uh, heavy first half. So I think uh, you guys will enjoy the little lighter uh, stories that we have for our second half. So uh, stay tuned. Life is all yeah. about balance. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The yin and the yang, the one and the two, <laughs> the first and the second half, the right. J Buds yeah. and the Kyle. So enjoy the music break by uh, Jeff. And we'll be right back after the break.
Hey everybody, welcome back. Part two of episode was it sixteen? We're up to fellas, sixteen, yep, yep. sweet sixteen, sweet sixteen episode of Industry Four I don't know how you're consuming this, but we're hoping you're watching live on Twitch.com. If you're not, if it's not Friday night for you, if you're listening to this at another time, then you're probably going through one of the uh, the various ways you can find us. I mean, we're everywhere now. It, it's just that simple. You can find us on YouTube to watch the video, which if you want to see our beautiful faces. That's what I recommend. Or you can check out iTunes and Google Play just by searching uh, excuse me, searching Industry 4.0. Uh, we can also find us at our host uh, site, uh, Industry 4.0, all spelled out, so F-O-U-R-O-H dot podbean.com. We also have a pretty active uh, social media accounts. Our Twitter and Facebook are both pretty active. Uh, Twitter at Industry 4.0, all spelled out, facebook.com slash industry 4.0 if you didn't see us on twitch but you would like to watch us live next week twitch.com slash industry 4.0 our image is a little white box with green and black gears industry 4 right on the logo i know that we said that it's it was a it was a pretty deep first half we're gonna have a lot of fun in the second half a lot of lighter topics and we're gonna lead it off with one of our favorite people i know Irvin, he's one of your favorite people (laughs) Our boy Elon Musk is at it again. Irv, tell us what he is revealing now. So uh, he uh, posted a simple photo on Instagram announcing or showing off SpaceX's new uh, space suit. Simple to work. Gonna, right? Yeah, simple. <laughs> uh, the SpaceX's new space suit that they plan to use uh, for taking humans to space. So, so far, uh, SpaceX hasn't actually... Um, hasn't had any human cargo uh, on board their uh, rocket ships, but uh, the plan is to start sending humans to initially uh, the International Space Station and then hopefully to Mars um, in the not-so-distant future. So he revealed a a nice-looking suit, uh, looks very sleek and less bulkier than I'm used to seeing for the NASA's versions of, of uh, space suits looks like something and, you see in sci-fi movies yeah, yeah for sure um and and he talked about a little bit uh coming up with a design that all uh has uh, between a uh, nice balance between uh form and function uh so you want to make sure that the astronaut who's in that suit is uh safe uh and also you want to make it look cool right so and that was a hard hard balance uh, to do both, but I think they did a, a pretty good job uh, yeah. from this render. Um, or uh, from what he says, it's not actually a mock-up. That's an actual uh, version of that suit. So wait, the marshmallow sh- they weren't the, the marshmallow suits they currently use aren't good enough. Was <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean s- I see this one not, not not to Elon. There's improvement <laughs> in his eyes to everything, right? Right. Yeah. He must have been work. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say this one definitely looks like it's a mix between 2001 A Space Odyssey and the uh, actual uniforms from Star Trek Enterprise, the show. Yeah. It also gave me like <laughs> a, a vague, um, the Expanse uh, kind of feel yes. too. The spacesuits yeah. from the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing about these is he must have been working on them for a good bit of time because uh, the article, the TechCrunch article that talks about these spacesuits goes to mention that these are fully functional. They can withstand double the pressure of the vacuum of space. So not only does he have a new prototype, but apparently it works. And they can start using it soon. So 
it's just a matter of getting the infrastructure of getting people into space, which I think you'll see in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's cool. Like it's, it's like, it, this is the future. It's, <laughs> it's Surviving. like a cool sleek looking spacesuit that has just as good, if not better functionality than this huge bulky ones that were on like a cable. And I, th- I remember watching documentaries about those old spacesuits and those were um, incredibly difficult to like maneuver in and you need like jets to like turn you and stuff like that. And this looks like it's a, a lot more maneuverable as well as being like you can actually move around and actually physically like move your arms really easily. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. so it definitely looks easier to uh, maneuver. I, it look, it starts to look like those sci-fi movies. Yeah, um, for sure. I just right. I'm curious about what the fabric is they use in this. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's some kind of mix, but it seems like Kevlar would be the logical choice. Yeah, it does. I'm not sure uh, what he, the material is. Yeah, he they didn't go into details yet. This is just a yeah um, initial picture that they shared. I'm sure right. it's a trade secret, considering um, there's an article linked yeah. inside of the. Uh, Inside of this article of the TechCrunch one that goes on to show the Bo- the Boeing model NASA spacesuit that's going to um, also be unveiled. Oh, so it's a little less attractive looking than Elon Musk's suit, to say the least. But it's still it looks just as maneuverable, which is a good sign that there's actually they are investing time and money, both private enterprise and uh, government into advancing space travel and making maneuvering in space a little bit better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all about this. Innovation is good, especially when you have um, Elon Musk hyping it up with his tweets. <laughs> yeah, that's how he announces pretty much everything on, on their Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you guys, but I think that the, the Elon Musk suit looks like a cross between a Power Ranger and a skinny Master Chief. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> White Ranger with the big visor of Chief. <laughs> I see it. John 117 is definitely he, in there. It even looks like yeah. those uh, customizable Halo helmets that you could get for um, yeah. like multiplayer when you could like yep. make out your guy. But like I, super skinny yep. version of a Spartan. Right. <laughs> it, it can make it look it like the Master be way more badass honestly <laughs> yeah just go up to the mark ii whatever it was mark four <laughs> mark four that's it <laughs> that's yeah, cool. one small request at the end of this article by the tech to runch uh writer who who wrote up this article is that uh he has a small request for elon is to make an everyday jacket or other apparel inspired by design and i'll happy to pick on pick up several of those I would and I, I'm, I'm in agreement would, with that. I would, I would definitely pick up a jacket if it had that type of design and that. You could wear it on a motorcycle. It looks like a motorcycle jacket. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, actually, it does. Good. I agree with that. And it would look, it, it's like super minimal too, like just all yeah. white and gray with the U.S. flag on it. I'm all about this. I like it. <laughs> yeah. But um, guys, I'm just gonna become an astronaut now, just so I can look stylish. Just becomes like, your right. winter jacket oh we're good you know yeah. like <laughs> and then when we have our first space episode we'll be able to actually move around what was the thing we said last week we had a countdown it was like i forget how many episodes away like 500 episodes away or something we'll, we'll, oh yeah we'll make it a cool 600 for the space episode 
Six sixteen space episode. We'll go. be too busy recording from inside the hyperloop, but to go to space. Yeah. Yeah. So. Any priorities? <laughs> yeah, I got our priorities. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we have to we have to choose one Elon venture at a time to record it. You know, we got to figure it out. It's can't do everything at once. <laughs> Not how Elon <laughs> operates, Kyle. <laughs> one venture at a time. <laughs> oh man, but. I'm excited to see where this goes and uh, when they start uh, actually working on their crude missions. So hopefully we see more of this in the future and maybe even see like some, a video of someone walking around with this suit. Yeah, there so, should be a full, a full reveal soon. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I wonder if they'll sell it on um, any of their websites. Just, for, <laughs> just you can buy the spacesuit so you can use ludicrous mode in your Tesla. <laughs> While wearing that spacesuit, can we wow. stand the G forces? Yeah. Oh man, ludicrous <laughs> speed. <laughs> but um, in other news, to segue to the next topic, which is substantially more relevant to people who are living on the surface of Earth, um, <laughs> we have uh, the Amazon purchase of Whole Foods is coming to a close, and they have stated that they're going to come out of the gates on Monday and lower the prices on a lot of its uh, grocery staples, um, which includes organic salmon, brown eggs, avocados, almond butter, apples, rotisserie chicken. And they said they're going to keep adding more discounts as they go and prime incentives. Um, so that's exciting to see that they're actually going to be incentivizing prime users in Whole Foods. I wonder if they'll expand like the credit card service they have to the 5% cash back in Whole Foods or something like that. That would be interesting to see. What are you guys' thoughts on this, though? Um, this move to you have this big corporation coming in that is notorious for price gouging to destroy its competition I'm, coming I'm, in in force. I'm waiting for the day I can schedule uh, deliveries like weekly just to have my groceries delivered by drone. Yeah. Get a dash <laughs> button. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure yeah. that's the idea. Yeah. It's. I mean, I mean, this I'm, is uh, this is um, interesting uh, for sure, and it brings Whole Foods into line with other um, Amazon ventures. Because little background on Amazon, they don't they invest a lot of their money back into the business. So when investors sort of look at their sheets they see that they don't really make that much money they have like a three percent margin on every product right so they want to it's they're, they're all about volume right so they're trying to bring down whole foods whole foods currently i was reading is about uh doing uh five to six percent um margin uh right now uh but i think if they lower the prices it'll definitely bring in uh more people and um a different type of perhaps uh, customer that Whole Foods is used to get more people in their stores and also getting the people if they already have uh, a prime subscription special incentives that might uh, pop up depending if they have that I think this is all uh, good um, but we'll see when it actually rolls out what type of if it actually will me personally because I live next to Whole Foods literally five minutes away from me uh, less mm -hmm. than that, um, if it will make me go to Whole Foods instead of, let's say, a more generic grocery store instead of just because I'm, I am a Prime subscriber, perhaps they will incentivize me in some way 
to make me yeah. go there instead. And when you think about this purchase, um, this isn't to expand. This isn't more so to expand Amazon's reach into the brick and mortar store as much as it is to um, directly compete with Walmart in terms of grocery services. Because um, from just reading the news and the mom and pop shop stories that you hear all over the country, the only other company out there that has the number one source of groceries and is notorious as well for price gouging and underselling its products and not profiting on it for a while in order to be the best and only business in town is Walmart. So now Walmart's got Amazon to compete with directly. So it's going to be interesting to see these two companies kind of come to a head. And I know Walmart and Whole Foods are kind of at ends in terms of how people consider the quality. Like a lot of people would view Whole Foods as a slightly lower quality product like service and having lower quality brands than Whole Foods. But it would be interesting to see how far Amazon price gouges something that comes from a company where the running joke is the store's name is Whole Paycheck. <laughs> so right. I actually think Irv, it it, it kind of works twofold with the the fact that they have the prime benefits in there. Mm-hmm. I think the people who were, you know, already shopping at Whole Foods or grocery shopping, and they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll sign up for this service because it can get me additional d- discounts. And then I get access to the better shipping on my stuff. And uh, um, they're driving more people to the website that way, especially if they advertise in Whole Foods that you can right. get this. So they have like the cashiers reminding you, hey, you know, if you sign up for a prime service right here today in store, we can get you X amount off of your groceries today. Um, and then conversely, the people who weren't necessarily doing that or were going to the shop or the Acme around the corner who only had Prime for the shipping of bigger items and the, the end or the video service. Now it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'm drawn to Whole Foods because I'm sick. Not only is the, are they price gouging, but I'm saving additionally on top of that for a service I already have. And hopefully it's not a, something where in six months they're like, oh, by the way, if you want the Whole Foods discounts, it's X amount more a month. It's, you know, hopefully it doesn't go that direction, but it's it works twofold on both ends. The people who had Prime already for other reasons could go into Whole Foods and they're making money off of that. And then the people who went to Whole Foods or weren't really big into the Prime services may get it just because and then experience everything that Amazon has to offer. So it's really a good idea to include that right off the bat and not see how it goes and add it later. Right. And they mentioned that they're going to have, uh, and this is a service that I use a lot, um, Amazon lockers are going to be appearing in select Whole Foods around the country. Um, I actually use the lockers that are scattered throughout um, Philadelphia because I don't trust larger packages being shipped and left at my front door because there's no way for the mailman to get inside. So it'll be good to be able to kind of, and sometimes we do stop at Whole Foods to grab something if we need something that they have that another grocery store does not, for example. And it's, it would be good to be able to have packages also sent there to be able to take advantage of that service as well. And oh, go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're, you're there already probably picking up groceries. Like, Oh, I'm going to pick up my packages there too. Um, yeah. Or the other way around. Um, right. You're going to go pick up packages. It's like, Oh, while I'm here, I might as well pick up this, this, and this, I need this for the house. Right. It might, it works in both ways and also um the other service they're going to start expanding on much to the dismay of instacart is prime now 
which is the same day delivery service that they're expanding on. So I wonder what that's going to do to those shopping cart delivery services if the biggest grocer who's utilizing the, those services switches over to an in-house solution such as Prime Now. So it you could see that there's like I, I always feel conflicted about this because I really like Amazon as a company and they've always had good they've always had great customer service they've always been like stand-up company putting the consumer first and there hasn't been a whole lot of negative press about them but then again they're getting to the point where they're very big and large companies you always have to kind of take with a grain of salt because they could very easily just flip over and at that point they have too much money to do anything about so I want to see competition and this is why it's good that for the first time in a while Walmart's got to watch it watch over its shoulder because it's Amazon now coming up behind them so well, we'll see here's another here's another aspect to take into consideration what what do you are you aware of a walmart prime in general no but you can order products from walmart through the google home that, which isn't so, true. That, that's true but think yeah. about this this isn't just about um so Amazon has Whole Foods now. They're going to make money off the grocery, you know, market in general. Also, if you're offering discounts to people saying, "Hey, if you have this Prime membership, you're going to get better prices." It's not only going to affect the grocery realm, but you're going to get people who want to get groceries that are now and maybe benefit from services that are now going to sign up with other Amazon inclusive services. So it's it's basically like pulling in people to their kind of niche from mm -hmm. elsewhere. Um, right. So now you're going to have people who are now using Amazon video instead of Netflix because they want to get their groceries at Whole Foods. And um, it's it's just the, the, the bigger that they make their network and the more realms that they expand into, the more that they're going to just pull these people into this $99 a year Amazon Prime membership, um, which is likely to go up in cost and likely to expand in terms of what services it offers and basically just make them have a larger and larger network in general. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they let you grandfather in. Yeah. yeah. If you have the, the service already, you stay at the 99. That'd be nice. Yeah. We'll mm -hmm. see. But... I, I personally, I love Amazon. I love using Amazon, but it's like an animal that has never been seen before. It's just like taking over materialism in general. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. Like they're just trying to corner every niche market they can, or every, um, we call it consumer's market they can. This is very aggressive. Very so, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm ex personally the Amazon the, the Amazon subscriber in me is like really excited to see where this is going. Right. But like the other part of me is also excited to see that like I had mentioned earlier someone is going to finally start kind of breaking into this market and shaking things up a little bit with a company as innovative as Amazon. Do you think that's possible though considering how the control Amazon has on logistics? Um I mean yeah because it it, it could almost create a whole different kind of supermarket in a way. Uh, you're you're probably always going to have the mom and pop markets and stuff like that True. to a certain degree. But you're also going to have these super services such as Walmart and Amazon that are that are on the web, that are on, in store. Um, you're going to see these centers also probably be used as you can take your Amazon stuff you buy back and return it there um, through their customer service center. Um I think this is just this is the the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg for 
what we're going to see. And there's probably going to be seen things that we don't know or have even thought about yet. Well, so. I, I know Walmart's been feeling the pinch for the past couple of years. Like they closed something around 280 stores across the United States. Mm-hmm. It was almost a year ago now. Yeah. And so they've definitely been feeling the pinch from Amazon. And considering they're a giant, they've been a giant. Like, me growing up, all I knew was like Walmart was this big, bad marketplace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It shut up all, it shut down all the mom and pop shops that used to be in the Midwest and everything. It's just Walmart yeah, yeah. now. They've been doubling down on their web end, so their yeah. their web their website is actually really really nice. Um, yeah. For in terms of it's a much nicer shopping experience than it is in store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true that. I, I I just I don't see Amazon as stopping. Like they they've controlled logistics. Like what happens when UPS goes? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, they're not just directly competing with Walmart. They're directly competing with U, UPS and all other major logistic hubs. And that's the fear, right? Yeah, the fear is what happens when they take over too much of too many industries right it's just one place to get all your stuff everything yeah picture if they own clothing they own fashion like they own everything if there's nothing that's what to go to yeah that's what walmart does though it is (laughs) yeah but they were more physical and they did they did hold off on their web end like you said and they've only improved that in the last couple years the last decade or so and like you said, they didn't just, they're not just competing with Walmart. I mean, look at it as an example, like the smaller businesses would rely on malls and um, strip malls to compete with bigger businesses like Walmart and Kmart at the time and stores like that. I mean, Amazon is the way that they're going could be a lot of the anchor stores and strip malls and shopping centers are grocery stores. Mm-hmm. You could see this. I mean, it's very, very far away, in my opinion. But this could be the beginning of the end of the strip mall still appearing. I think you know, in ten years, you can see abandoned strip malls all over the place yeah. because people don't know what to do with that space. And mm-hmm. it's it's still crazy. But you're in the moment, you're still really excited about it. Like it, it's thinking long term and like, oh, what does this mean about what? Right now, it's kind of exciting just to see what they're doing right now. Like you said, like the the prime. The prime subscriber in me is is getting excited about like oh what kind of like I get to go shop at the fancy place now like it's it's it, it's really cool a good but, thing yeah exactly but you can see it going like mm. not even a crazy direct direction just a direction you didn't really expect to see coming yet you know what I mean from mm. a bookstore <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. yeah yeah they were a bookstore now I have a credit card that has got their name stamped on it so. It's it's all kinds of crazy expansions and yeah, they're just a giant snowball and they just keep snowballing, you know. Jeff Bezos said he wanted to be he wanted to have a stake in every economic transaction that happens globally. So <laughs> it's a bold move, but with at the rate he's going, I think he's capable of it. He'll get there, yeah. As frightening as that is, but <laughs> I mean it's Amazon, so they've they haven't proved me wrong yet, or they haven't done me wrong yet. So <laughs> It's interesting you say that that comment about the strip malls too, Kyle, because it's probably just going to be a lot of uh, dentist office, doctor's office, <laughs> offices after a while. Yeah, I've noticed that yeah. too. Like a lot of like minute clinics have popped up uh, mm-hmm. to replace uh, old old stores and stuff. Uh, the Plymouth Meeting Mall locally to us, they have a, a a medical center in there. There is a minute clinic in the the old shopping center I used to work at when I worked for my previous employer. Like it's. That, that seems to be the thing that is replacing a lot of these stores that can't afford to to survive anymore because of how uh, how busy that you know how well the internet uh, marketplace is doing. Speaking right. of which, there's a minute clinic that opened up near 
uh, my parents' place that has that took over the old store that was a blockbuster. Ours is a our old blockbuster is now an MRI imaging center. So yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it turns out it? video rental stores make great medical facilities. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever see the Twitter account of the last blockbuster? It's great. Yes, no. it's so yeah. good. I have not seen this. Oh man, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, look into that. <laughs> but um anybody have any final points on the Amazon purchase of Whole Foods and what that means for everybody? I think we did a pretty good job. Aside from the fun fact of uh, the, there was a Walmart near my college that um, allegedly has been the starting point of people of Walmart. So anybody who ever checks that site out, allegedly that was started in the Walmart that in this in the town that I went to college in. Really? So yeah. I hope you're proud. I am proud. <laughs> Represent. I went, to, I went to that Walmart and my first thought was, yep. <laughs> it's like, well, all right. <laughs> um. But yeah, so so we talked about uh for moving on to our next story, we talked about Oreo coming out finally uh yes. for Pixels and Nexus devices. And uh some uh, uh smart people out there digged around in on the inside of the good old Oreo and found a, a white fluffy center. Uh that's uh mm. <laughs> That's that's a little hidden feature that uh, might be uh, coming uh, to Android. I know, uh, Matt, you've been following this, so uh, mm-hmm. why don't you give us some uh, details on that? Um, I was trying to make a pun of <laughs> the name, um, but uh, Pitch Perfect does a good job of doing that for me. Uh, it's called Project, <laughs> Project Treble, um, and... It is something that Android is doing in an attempt to alleviate the massive fragmentation issue that they've had all throughout their history. So if you there's a there's an organizational chart somewhere or a pie chart on the different versions of Android and the percentage of phones that are utilizing those versions. And it is uh, it does a really good job at highlighting exactly how many different people are on different versions. And if you compare that to like iOS, that's like the big thing with iPhones. Like they get an update and they all get it at the same time right away. Um, what this is doing is that any phone made going forward from Android 8.0 will have a, they've rewritten the entire bottom level of Android to make it easier for carriers to import these updates in with their added bulletware or carrier software or custom things that they need to do to make sure that the phone works on their bands and their carrier. So it's a way to expedite that process and hopefully get phones up to date faster by making it a lot less difficult for carriers to do that. So it may not seem like a really cool feature, like Lollipop was a total redesign of the UI of Android. Um, Marshmallow was a redesign of the of the software to try to mitigate battery issues with those. Um, and Android O is going to be, it seems, another one of these Android updates that's mostly under the hood. Um, but the article um, summarizes this really well in saying uh, the, da- the name Project Treble does not help at all with describing what it is. 
but they should have called it Project Faster Updates <laughs> instead to be just a little more, a little less verbose on the description. It just means that you'll get faster updates. And long story short, you'll have um, it could it could theoretically bring non-Pixel phones up to the same speed as Pixel phones in terms of being able to get updates. So, and that has woken up my dog. By the way, yeah, I was say I was like that's. It was either change dropping or the doge just awoke. Nope, that's just Liza. She just woke up from her nap. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think of that? Um, the I know Jeff and Kyle, you guys don't exactly have to deal with um, <laughs> fragmentation at all. Kind of out on this one, guys. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but um, Irvin and Ryan, I'd like to hear your opinions on um, – on what this would do to considering maybe future Android phones, if all of them get updates just as fast as iPhones, what this could do for the market and what this could do for Android as a whole. Because this is big. This could yeah. bring Android up to iOS in terms of... For sure. As, 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 as someone who's very used to previously owning uh, only Nexus devices, I was always one of the first ones to get the greatest and the latest and greatest release of Android, which was uh, great. But now that I switched to the S8, now I know what other people have been experiencing uh, this whole time. So Android A officially launched, then I'm still stuck on uh, an OS that was released a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if, if this worked closer to what iOS is doing or Apple is doing, um, everyone would get the same update at the same time, right? All the devices right. that support that version of the OS will immediately get it. Uh, this won't be quite that, um, but it'll definitely bring it, uh, bring newer versions of Android to um, all more devices faster. Because I cur- currently, I think uh, the last version of Android's thirteen percent. Uh, adoption and that's so. over over a year um, right there's only 13 percent uh, of the adoption and now we already have a brand new one uh, which is going to take uh, quite a bit till new phones start rolling out with it not till uh, probably towards the end of this year if at the earliest i think the most see um the most adopted version today i think is lollipop which is yeah. Android 5.0, and now this is Android 8.0, to put that into perspective for our iOS podcasters on the show. They're four four years old. A full three-year versions, three versions behind and four years back is the the bulk of Android users. Jesus. Yeah. So that's what Project Treble aims to do. And um, I don't know if any of you guys watched the, the live stream of the Google unveiling. Everybody was probably busy outside watching the uh, eclipse <laughs> that happened at the exact same time. Yep. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious how they had um, the white uh, center of the Oreo being shadowed by the black part of the cookie overcasting it <laughs> to like mimic an eclipse almost. <laughs> um, it was just a fun little touch that they had, but it's that the name itself of Oreo has also gotten a little bit of controversy around it just because it's it's a brand so and they're they're not really clear on what type of if there's any exchange behind the scenes between uh google and i forget who owns the oreo brand or what company 
Is I it Nabisco? Yeah. I think it's Nabisco. Nabisco. Yeah. They're a conglomerate. I, uh, is yeah. It... Yeah. No, they don't fall into crap, do they? Uh, anyway. I think <laughs> they're huge. All the all of the right. the candy companies and the, and the the uh, snack companies all pretty much fall under like a handful of companies, right? Yeah. You, you see different names on packages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you see different names on packages, but pretty much everyone's owned by everyone. This could be just like a mutual benefit, like a mutually beneficial agreement between yeah. Android and Google. Like Google gets to name its OS after America's favorite cookie, and America's favorite cookie gets a name and gets an OS named after it. Right. So and all the publications are talking about it. It's basically mm-hmm. free press for uh, Nabisco. So I think they, they're fine with it. Free yeah. subliminal messaging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I gotta get a bag of Oreos. <laughs> What's that, Kyle? I said I can confirm it is Nabisco. Okay. That's that's what I thought. And they um, also own Chips Ahoy. Didn't know that. I didn't know they own both. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Major, I always thought those two were competing brands. No, they've just been <laughs> uh, dude, the grocery best stores, friends this whole time. Yeah. You ever it... see that like organization chart on grocery stores and how like everything in a grocery store is owned by like three companies? Mm. Like literally everything in the grocery store, when you break it out to its parent company, the the highest level company, there's like three different ones. There's like yep. Nestle and then like two others. Fast foods like that. Yeah. It just it's everything in the grocery store is owned by like two people. <laughs> two cookie, or three people it's a cookie monopoly that's what it is <laughs> it is it's a blasphemy <laughs> but um it's unacceptable yes 100 percent unacceptable I, I would not go that far i will accept cookies that's <laughs> yeah. just all oreos. right that's fair i, I do oreo. love both oreos and chips ahoy so i actually had an oreo today in honor of the os oh it's working already what did you guys do? There you go. <laughs> <Work. laughs> yeah. How was um, your day? <laughs> um, but to go back to the Project Treble, um, a good start for um, for this OS is seeming like it's going to be what's happening because they announced that they're also working with 11 partners without naming names, but they did mention a few of them in earlier blog posts. It said that Google was working with, of course, Essential, Huawei, HTC, I think I think it's pronounced Kyocera, Motorola, Nokia, Samsung, Sharp, Sony. Um, all of those phones are going to be announcing Oreo upgrades. And those are basically all of the big carriers that people care about for Android. Everything else is like smaller. I didn't see OnePlus on the list, Awkward. which is owned by Oppo. So yeah. I don't know if OnePlus is going to be working too fast to get Oreo or if they're going to just release a new phone with Oreo in it. I think they're focusing on dialing 911 first. (laughs) Yeah, they got to get the, and their jelly screens. (laughs) I I do got to say though, I've been using Oreo for the past day and a half, I guess, and and I've loved every minute of it so far. I haven't had a problem. It's definitely streamlined. It's it's less bloated. It doesn't uh, wear as much on my batteries. I actually am borrowing Irvin's Nexus 5 because I'm sending my 6P back to the, the shop, get refurbed. And mm-hmm. so far, it's been great on the five. Like just going back to that version. How about those reboot times, though? Did you reboot your phone yet? No. <laughs> it, it, it's probably like an eighth of the time it takes to reboot normally. Really? It's it's, it's even more significant on the uh, pixels, but it definitely noticeable on the Nexuses as well. Yeah, I think like I think when we did the preview, I did a reboot to test it, and it was like less than 20 seconds total from me hitting the button to having myself back on the home screen. Oh, 
I love it. That's yeah. impressive, man. Yeah, it's so fast. It takes 20 and, seconds for me to like hold my my button down long enough for that little slide to power off to appear. <laughs> I, f- oh, I feel like my phone physically got lighter with this Oreo, honestly, like just because the software is so much faster. Yeah, it's all that delicious Oreo filling. Oh yeah, in the middle making everything better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the re- that's the real nice. victory here. Actually, Oreo, Oreos, you know, I'm reading about Oreos. They got lighter in the 1990s as well when a lot of the lard was replaced with partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. Mm. I like how you say a lot of the lard and not all of it. Well, <laughs> you never know. There's some lard. It's yeah. not. You never know, guys. The, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, the most alarming fact about Oreos is that it's somehow vegan. And uh, the first Oreo what? was sold in. Well, that means there's no lard in it, then. Yeah. So we knew that's confirmation that there is no lard. There you go. Yeah. I guess they got it well, all. I mean, I guess they got it all, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no remnants. Yeah. Strictly chemicals, guys. Straight out the tank. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. So vegans can rejoice. They can also <laughs> use this operating system. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean, that's really all there is to it with Treble. It's it's a huge update. So. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, it, might not be, it might not be visual. Yeah. You might not see it. But in the backgrounds, I think it's a great uh, step towards bringing uh, everyone up to uh, the same uh, Android version. And that that's not even about the features. It's more about the security updates and getting mm-hmm. everyone up to date and getting everyone secure to ensure that there are no vulnerabilities out there. Because Android is the most popular uh, mobile operating system in the world. Right. And a lot of people are using it. If as long as we can keep those people uh, safe from whatever vulnerabilities that might be out there and get them updates as quickly as possible, it's better for um, everyone. Yeah, we'll keep, keep them secure and then sell their data on the side. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, That's what the game's all about. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing that I wanted to to make a point on with this um, is that the phones that are currently out that support project trouble are the two pixel models that are out um and with project treble uh it's potentially viable to say that those phones could have their life extended past the guaranteed two years of the android updates because it's so much easier to implement these updates that even for google it would be easier for them to support the Pixel phones potentially longer than the two years that they would say they support. Because right now, Ryan, our 5X, 6P, and Irvin, your 6P that you have laying around somewhere, they're coming to end of life. So they're going to get to the point where we don't have any updates anymore. So we're not going to be able to... Yeah, Google guarantees major software updates for two years and then a one additional year of security updates, but no, mm-hmm. nothing major. Yeah. On the OS side. I mean, but after that, you're out of luck. But they'll yeah. still allow manual pushes, right? Develop- you can uh, still no, get it. Yeah. No, so they'll they'll stop developing actual releases after three years fully. Nothing. In, in some cases, it. there's reports of uh, Nexus 6 users who are getting NuGet. Yeah. Users of the Nexus 6. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible, but it may be easier with Project Treble. Yeah. Under the hood. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Samsung Treble would be, you know, a dream. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, iOS. They're going to be in Treble. 
There's the pun. Uh, uh, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> On that note, just stop. <laughs> 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 I tried to make that sound as painful as it was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anybody have any successful? Thank you, much much appreciated. <laughs> Does anybody have any closing points on this before we derail too far with the puns? No. Okay. Um, a little bit shorter second half, but I think that that just about wraps it up. So. Uh, just to do a quick recap, um, everybody else has their own shameless plugs, but in the meantime, I'll plug us. Uh, you guys can find us on all of your favorite podcatcher apps. I'm noticing that Pocket Casts and several other apps are catching up in popularity. So it's good to see apps that I use and people that I know use and catch up with that. So um, any any place you can get our RSS feed, you can watch us on. We're available on Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, Twitch. We're available on TuneIn Radio. Um, we post our episodes to Facebook so you can view us on a web browser. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. So um, with that being said, I can move on and let you guys get your plugs out of the way. I know you guys like to have a bunch of things you're working on, stuff coming up. I know Ryan... To start off, if you want, you just recently got, um, <laughs> you just recently got a lot of press with one of your photos from Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, my my Instagram page got uh, reposted by uh, the One Liberty Observation Deck. It's a tourist attraction uh, top of the skyscraper of One Liberty Place. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, yeah, I have this shot up on the right uh, on the screen right now. He's uh, <laughs> watching the video version of it. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just uh, I still got my Instagram page out there. Wayne Ryan T One. Do amateur photography on the side. Yeah, that's about that's my plug. <laughs> I know J Buds. I know uh, you're the sound of the show. I know you got a lot of stuff <laughs> you're working on. Um, yeah, if you want to check out some beats I make, if you enjoyed the intro, break, and outro music of this episode and all the other episodes, uh, check me out on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/fre. That's F-R-E-H. Don't ask me why it's still called that, but it is. Uh, more to come. More to come. And I mean, I, Kyle. Oh, Irv, you're not yours. you're not you're not plugging yours. Uh, plug my page. Uh, Go for it. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Instagram uh, as well if you'd like. Instagram.com uh, slash Irvin E R V I N dot Lucas L U K A C S. You want to see my latest shots that I have um, going on? I do a little photography on the side there. They're amazing. <laughs> they are thank Great you shots. i agree thank you uh and you guys have heard i think i was the first one to plug my own stuff uh on the on the show <laughs> um you can check out my other podcast if you're a super nerd like me big wrestling fan we do professional wrestling podcast uh it's slowed down in recent weeks but uh i found a, a new co-host to help me out uh the last episode we posted was a preview for SummerSlam uh with my son chase so we usually do Facebook Live videos. Uh, I lost the video, but somehow held on to the audio. So I posted it to the page, and it's been a hit so far. So we're going to keep going with that route until Keenan and I can get back on a schedule. Keep listening to that. You can find us on iTunes. It's uh, on air with Keenan and Kyle, the red symbol. And uh, I've become pretty active on Twitter, both myself and the wrestling account, especially during uh, the big events. But I also do Monday Night Raw and uh, SmackDown uh, most weeks. Uh, 
I'm at Kyle Fisher 45. All spelled out. No C in the last name. I don't know why people assume there's a C. I would I would always assume the other way, but I guess it's because that's my last name. Um, and uh, at on air Keenan Kyle. So even though the podcast is on air with Keenan and Kyle, uh, it's at on air Keenan Kyle K E E N A N K Y L E. All right. And with that, that brings the end to the episode that allows our podcast to drive to go for the learner's permit. <laughs> we are so, ready. Yeah, no yeah. 100%. <laughs> Self drive, hopefully. <laughs> so, when, but it's 16, but we have an episode zero. So, are we lying about the age of the podcast? Oh, wait a minute. Oh. You get a license. We lied on the application. Oh, it, license. Sounds, oh. it sounds like you're including the nine months in the womb right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Would that be episode zero? Yeah. That's episode zero. It's <laughs> the time of conception. Yeah. You know, you know it's it's a, now that happened in a Chipotle. <laughs> Best episode ending ever. Um, <laughs> and on that note, uh, that has been episode sixteen. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you guys next week. See you.